0: praise the lord everybody come on let's give the lord some praise this morning
1: come on let's give the lord some praise this morning stand to your feet let's give the lord some praise this morning hallelujah Hallelujah. come on he woke you up this morning he brought you to this place we are here together to magnify and to praise the one true and living god amen hallelujah 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 We welcome our online guests this morning, hallelujah, worship with us, hallelujah, glory to God. We give your name the praise and the honor this morning, God, for your mercy endureth forever, Lord Jesus. We bless the holy name of the living God, for God, you are great, and you are greatly to be praised. I
0: Hallelujah! Hallelujah! He is good. Is he good? What well, you think about Jesus? He's all right. He's all right on Monday through Saturday, and on Sunday morning, he's even even more good. God bless everybody. Shout every, hallelujah, everyone! He's an awesome God. He's a great and mighty God, and we serve and worship the living and true God. He is awesome, isn't he? Awesome, saints? Yes. With this spirit of expectation and excitement, we came to energize our lives and vitalize ourselves with worship and praise, but also we're going to believe, God, that God is going to do great things today. My wife and I are in agreement that we're going to sow seeds today, and not only that, we're believing, God, that God is going to touch lives across the world and those who are here who need a touch from the Lord, because there's a need in the house And if we just put ourselves in the right position, God is going to yet reach us, even those who are watching online. We're going to touch and agree. And if we can lift our hands and those who have commented, we're going to touch and agree with you today that God is going to do something miraculous in your life, that you're going to have a testimony behind it. And we're going to believe God today that every stronghold will be brought down, every idol will be brought down and be broken. And we believe that God is going to be exalted in the midst of it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we exalt you today. We thank you for what you have done. We believe healing is happening. Those who are yet not well will be well. We believe that God is bringing down, oh God, strongholds, family ties. Things that are broken will be made, oh God, mended. We believe things that are yet, oh God, taken, oh God, down will be cast aside. We believe that, God, our hearts will be, oh God, made whole. God, we're believing God for healing in the body, healing in the mind, healing in our spirit. And we believe that God is going to do great things in the midst of us. But we want together uh, together again on this Sunday morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad. And Father, we believe you're going to do the impossible. And we believe God is going to fulfill it in his word. Let's put our hands together, saints of God. Let's continue to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness in Jesus' name.
1: There is nothing more we can do, well it wasn't through, I've never seen a pot of gold, at the end of a rainbow, but I've got a promise I can hold, in the middle of a struggle, and God if you said it, you'll perform it, may not be how I want you to, but here's what I renew their strength they shall mount up upon on wings like a an eagle and they soar they shall walk not get weary they shall run and I think that's what happens when you wait it happens when you wait they that wait on the Lord shall renew
0: On the lord can we just lift our hands in the presence of almighty god we're going to wait on the lord even when sometimes we don't understand what direction god has taken us we're still going to wait on the lord we're going to be like servants that wait on those who are waiting for their meal we're going to wait until something happens for them because we're serving a mighty god because if we believe god is doing something in someone's else lives we know God is working in our lives, but we're going to wait upon Him. For we shall be renewed with new strength. We shall mount Him on wings as eagles. We shall run and not be weary. Our days of weariness will not come, will not be our portion, because when we wait on the Lord, He will yet make us a brand new, and He will not make us feel as if that we can feel that we can uh, 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 accomplish it by our own willpower and our strength. But the will of God will be made perfect because we wait on him. And I thank God for his presence. I thank God for the assurance of the word of God. Let's lift our hands again one more time, thanking him for what we have yet heard, what we have yet been presented in in the presence of God by our praise team. Hallelujah. He is wonderful. Well, I greet you with Jesus' joy to the christ Center church here in Hamilton, New Jersey. We are so blessed that we are part of a church that is in the will of God. I'm going to say it again. I am so blessed to be a part of a church that is in the will of God. And more than anything, God is leading this church to greater heights, heights, to dimensions that we have never even touched because God has positioned us to do some things in this last and closing days. That God is equipping us to equip the entire body of Christ, but especially those in this side of the vineyard. We're touching places across areas of of counties and and in this very state that we believe God is going to do it through this church, that we may be a blessing to other churches and to do great things for other people and equip people to where they're called and they're being called into, into God's kingdom. And we thank God thank you for coming here. We are going to stand because it's time for our offering. And before I have our servants that lead us in offering to collect, there was a scripture that came in mind and my wife this morning said, you know what? I feel that in my burden there's going to be a seed that I have to sow. It was in my spirit. It was in her spirit. And I said, you know what? I was pushed to do the same. It may not look what I have, but I'm not looking at what I have. I'm just going to do it in Jesus' name. And I felt that I just had to go to Sister Patrice and say, Sister Patrice, take it right now because I needed to have it done. Because I believe what God is doing for this house and what God is speaking to us. And I believe it. And I'm going to read this scripture and we'll have our offering of ways of giving is on the screen. And those who are watching, you can also follow us, of course. And the ways of giving is available. But I'm going to read this scripture in the NLT version. That's the New Living Translation. That's Ecclesiastes 11, verse 6. It says, plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon for you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another or maybe both. So it's just saying basically do what God has called you and what you're pushed to do, because if you do it, don't have to worry about what's going to happen because the outcome is on him. The increase is on God. You just be obedient to the word of God and God is going to do it, and he's going to fulfill it in your life. We believe that God has given us the building on 4 Tennis Court, and we're going to walk in that place, and we're going to tra- not only pack out that place, we're going to expand that place, and we're going to take the entire road, take the higher street. We're believing that Christ in the church is going to be the house where the apostolic people will be raised up to do kingdom work in this last and closing days at this time we're going to have our offering and those who are wanting to give of course we have electronically or you can watch or you can actually um go over by our sister patrice and of course our jordan is there as well if you're giving by credit card or debit card but also ways to give are there in front of you we're going to pray today and our praise team will lead us in worship again father in the mighty name of jesus we thank you we thank you for what you've done so far. We thank you for what you're going to do. And we thank you for what has been established. We pray for those who are sown seed today. Give them seed, Lord God. I pray that God, will give them faith. Faith to believe that God is going to do great things in the midst of this season of their life. They may not have, Lord God, in terms of the, their ability, but God, you can do impossible things if they only believe. And we be- believe that God is going to fulfill it. And we believe that God has already confirmed it in the heavens. And we believe it's going to be done on earth. In Jesus' name, God bless in your giving. Amen and amen.
1: Hallelujah, Jesus. Why don't you stand up and help us sing the song this morning? Sing, I know the night. I know the night won't last. Sing, your word will come to pass.
2: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I like what I feel. I feel what I like. I thank the Lord for his goodness. God is so good to us. God is so good to us. God is so good to us. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. We made it to Sunday. We made it to Sunday. And I want to thank all of you that participated in our fast and in praying and consecration this week. I appreciate all of you. I know we all couldn't do it the same way, but I just appreciated that you gave some effort. You did something to be a part of it. And I thank you for that because I believe God has answered and God is doing something fantastic in the spirit realm. So I thank God for that. You know, fasting is one of those things that you cannot explain. And I told you uh, Thursday that I feel like everything just went just totally dark and just shut up a few weeks ago in our attempt to do what we're trying to do. And I just didn't understand it. I just always trusted God and said, God, I know you're up to something and I know that, you know, whatever your will is, I'll accept it and I just let it go. And as we started praying and fasting and consecrating, I just feel like stuff just started getting loose again, loose again, loose again. So you don't always know how to say what's happening, what God is doing, but if you have his spirit in you, you can tell the change in the climate, the change in the atmosphere, the shift that goes on. And so the shift that have taken place is things went from this and uh, dark to this and light. And I don't know how that works, but I just feel like that's what God did. When we put the effort into fasting and praying and consecrating ourselves, every one of us in whatever way we contributed, I believe it just began to cause change to fall and cause uh, strongholds to loose us and and wickedness to just be destroyed i just think that god did something in the spirit realm and is continuing to do something in the spirit realm for this church and i thank god for that we need to thank god for that amen amen we have two things to do to complete our fasting and praying and consecration and that is your response to this service today your response to god's word today God. Gave me a word for this church today and uh, the efforts that we've placed into seeking him and doing his will. He has given me a word for us today. And after this, we will walk over to the building, drive over to the building at Fort Tennis Court. And we're going to walk around it and we're going to pray and claim it in Jesus name. And then after that, we're just going to keep living for God, keep serving him. As Brother Guthrie said this morning, we're just going to keep on living for him and doing his will. We're going to serve him. And as you have heard me said many times, I was a waiter for many, many, many years. And a waiter don't just stand there and wait. A waiter take care of the people that they're given. They serve them. So you hear the word wait, and it doesn't mean you just do nothing. It means that you do something while you take care of the business at hand. And so we're taking care of God's business at hand. And we trust that God will do his part because that's just the way it works. You do your part, God do his part, and then we make a perfect combination. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord today. Well, we're going to get right into the word of God. Amen. Without further ado. Amen. Hope I make it through the service. I said, the way I felt, I don't know, probably about Thursday, I said, Lord, help me. <laughs> I was so determined and had my made up mind. Nothing was gonna stop me. The devil couldn't stop me. He didn't even try, I don't think, because I don't think I don't feel like I was tempted to eat in any way, shape or fashion. I mean, I went to a men's um I went to a men's conference yesterday in Staten Island and they normally have a great service and then after that they normally have great barbecue and um and of course I was just gonna go and leave out, but then the guy said to me that normally cooks. I know you don't like pork, so I've made something special for you. I told you all it would happen, right? It happened to me. It happened to some other people. That You just, you know, people have food for you. And so the guy said, I got something special for you, so make sure you come. So I had to use a little bit of wisdom and, and went and got it and covered it up and took it home with me. It's in the refrigerator even now. So the, the point is. Just nothing moved me this week, and I just believe that when you do what God say do, you have the strength and the will to do it. When you do what you want to do, then you know you don't need anything from God to do it. But when you're doing God's will, you have to depend on God. And I believe that we have depended on the Lord this week in our prayer, fasting, and consecration, and um, it's just been wonderful. Um, My mind has just been focused on the things of God, and I hope your mind was too. God has taken us places, and we just have to be ready. I continue to say to our church, who is going to minister to your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids if the Lord Tarry? Who's going to minister to your nieces and nephews? What church are they going to go to and get saved? Will you be able to tell your your great-grands and your grands and all of your relatives and friends where you know they can go to get saved, that you feel like you have a share in that? Because, as you know, we can go places and— while it might be a great church and, um, you know, God is doing great things, you know, it's just something different when you know you have invested in a church and you tell your relatives to come. You tell your, the, the people you love to come. It's different than when you tell them, hey, go over there and get saved. And so what we're trying to do, I just continue to say, church, please understand that you can't invest in anything greater than the kingdom of God. What we're trying to do is do God's business. It's not our business. I told you the other day, I pledged like you pledged. I pledged, you know, I think, you know, decent money. And I pledged, and and I paid off my pledge in less than two years, like some of you have. And, um, and I realized that we're still not where we are, need to get. And so I went to the 401K. And um, you know that that they hit you with interest on that and all kind of stuff. But to me, at this point, nothing matters but God's will. And I'm not being reckless because I didn't, you know, drain out all my 401k. I do know know I have a family, and at some point in time, I'm not going to be working again in the secular, and I need to have a retirement. So I didn't just, you know, drain it out. But I did do, you know, take fifty thousand dollars out to say I need to give this to the kingdom of God, and I did. And so I challenge some of you. you know, even, you know, even if you're younger, it might even be better because you have time to keep working. I don't have a lot of time left to work. And so it's not like, you know, I can say, oh, I can make that up real easy. Um, you know, so if you have some money set aside, um, if you will invest it in the kingdom of God, if you will even lend it to the kingdom of God, uh, we'll give it back to you with interest. But we are at the place where we need $150,000 in the next month. Okay, today is the 28th. We need it October the 10th. So we're right there. Don't feel stressed about it. Don't feel anyway. We're doing all that we can do. But always challenge yourself to say, am I doing the best I can do? I thought about something this morning. Now I'm getting ready to get to the word. But I I want you to align yourself with the vision and the direction of this church. You have no idea what it does for the church. I remember... I don't know why I thought about this this morning, but since I thought about it, I'll share it with you. I remember years ago, my pastor um, and his wife, they just had one car, and they were busy, and they were really busy. And, um, you know, one car is just tough when you live a good ways from the church, and you both are doing different things in the church. And I remember um, just listening to how he talked about what he had to do and he had to drop his wife off here, and then go. And I'm listening to all of this. I'm just a member, just like you all are in the church. Well, I don't think I was a. I don't know. Maybe I was. I'm a minister at the time, but I listened to that. And you know what I did? I started um, a, a campaign within the church to say, "Hey, we need to buy our first lady a car." Pastor never came to me and talked to me about that. He never said, "Hey, ne- I just, I just believe God." And when God is directing his man servant to do something, I believe it's God. Forget the man. I never looked at the man. I just believe God that recklessly that if he's let his servant stand before you and speak his word, then whatever he's speaking, that's the word of God. And I'm going to follow it. And I went around. I said, listen, let's get together and buy um, Sister Nail a car. And 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 I went and shopped for the car and I found it and they need a cosign and all this stuff. I got cosigns, everything. And we got the money to get and put the cash down and we bought the car. And on Mother's Day, we put the car on the front lawn of the church and she didn't know. And We say we got a special surprise for you. I had nothing to do with nothing, but I just love God and I believe in his kingdom. And so wherever the man of God will direct us what God was doing, I never flinched, never flinched. And so I'm telling you, just follow the vision. It's not mine. I I I sometimes, it's 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 crazy how I look at myself sometimes. Sometimes I hear me talk and I'm like, man, who are you? That, that's how deep God is. I have to sometimes listen to me talk and say, Who are you? Because that guy that's talking ain't the guy that I knew way back then. So I ask myself sometimes, who are you? Because I know the things that I'm saying to you and what I'm doing has nothing to do with me. I couldn't even come up with it. I couldn't conjure it up. I just, I'm just in, a, in awe of how God operates and what He's doing. So, join in with the vision. Do as much as you can. And sacrifice. God will do great things in your life and your family's life. Because anytime you trust in the kingdom of God and you support the kingdom of God, you will see your household be blessed. I've read scriptures of grandsons being blessed and favored because their granddaddy did something for the kingdom of God. So some of your children, grandchildren, nieces, and nephews will be blessed just because of how you serve and took care of the kingdom of God. It's a fact. So understand that what you're doing is so much bigger than you. So many more people's lives that's going to be reached and touched because of your love for the kingdom and what you want to do to see God will be done. Romans chapter 12, verse number one. Again, I'm glad to be with you today. I'm thanking God for everything he's done. We're going to have a word here today. God is going to speak to us. God is going to do something in your life. And then we're going to drive over to Fort Tennis Court and we're going to walk around it and pray. And I believe we're going to see some great things afterwards. We are doing everything that we can. I've never done a stewardship campaign. I've never been involved in that in any church that I've been in. And the bottom line is, Everything that we have sought to do, we did it, and now it's up to the Lord, and that's all you can do, only what you can do, and leave God things to God. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1, I will start reading. Let's read together in Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. We'll read verses 1 and 2 if you will read with me. Are you ready to read this morning? Let us read together. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what that is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I've read that text many times. I've heard that text preached many times. And today I feel like God has given me a perspective on it that I've never had. And so it's very interesting to me what this text is saying. So I want to talk to you today on this topic, change, change. I'm not talking about change that jingle around, but I'm talking about change, transformational change. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the saints of God that are present here, the saints of God that are watching online I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will move upon all of us where we are, that Lord Jesus will give our heart, our mind, our soul, our spirit to what you're saying and directing us to do. I pray, Jesus, that your will be done and that your kingdom will be revealed and manifested and demonstrated. Father, I pray today that you will do something in this service that will bring about change, That the way we came in today will not be the way we leave because change will take place. Have your way today, Lord. We know, Almighty God, that you are well able to bring about change in all of us. For all of us need change right now. Will you have your way, Lord God? Place me in the flow of your spirit to minister your word. And touch your people that they may open their hearts and respond in faith and obedience to the preaching of the word of God. I ask you these things today in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. You may be seated. Change. Somebody say change. Not to change that jingle, but change, transformational change. Let me just touch on a couple of things here in verse 1 before we get into our main text this morning. Verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Now, I want to pause right there and tell you God is a merciful God. (laughs) Uh, Yes, he is. Amen. God is a merciful God. We don't understand the mercies of God. (laughs) The first thing I want to point out to you in this text, that mercy comes from God. And God has mercy toward us. Somebody say amen. Another word for mercy is compassion. Mm. God has compassion on us. Listen, it is only because of God's mercy that you and I are breathing this morning. It's only because of God's mercy while we're moving and having our being. It's only because of God's mercy while we're thinking and we're able to worship right now. It's only because of his mercy while we're here this morning. And guess what, church? God's mercies is infinite. It never ends. Lamentation 3 and 22 says, it is of the Lord's mercies, plural, that we are not consumed because his compassions, plural, fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. When you woke up this morning, you woke up with mercy. You woke up this morning under the mercies of God because his compassion fails not. He is faithful and you always have the mercy of God. We ought to thank God all the time when we think about that. That God, you're so merciful. The Bible says it's of his mercy that we're not consumed. So you're telling me Lord. If you weren't merciful. We could have been consumed a long time. If it wasn't for your mercy. We could have been overthrown. If it wasn't for your mercy, we could have been destroyed. If it wasn't for your mercy. Some of us would be in the crazy house. If it wasn't for your mercy. Some of us would be bums on the street. If it wasn't for your mercy. Some of us would be without jobs. We would be broke. We wouldn't be married. If it wasn't for your mercy. We wouldn't be in our right mind. God is merciful, and we ought to thank him for his mercies. God is a merciful God, and we take his mercy for granted. But we ought to start thanking him, say, God, thank you for your mercy. For your mercy it forever. Your mercy is everlasting. And we thank you for your mercies. I messed up so many times, Lord. And you could have consumed me, but you didn't. You showed me mercy when I didn't deserve it. Yeah. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Your mercy, Lord, endure it forever. Because of God's mercies toward us, his compassion toward us, we have salvation. We have his favor. And guess what? We're able to be a part of the body of Christ. But he says, Paul said to us, because he's asking us, because God has given us mercy, then we ought to present our body a living sacrifice to him. We ought to stop and start realizing, because of how God has been good to us, we ought to start asking, have we given back to God, even just a little trinket of how good he has been to us? We have to start finding ways to give back to God, because we don't understand that most Of what we do really benefit us. Can I tell you a secret? It's not a secret, but I just need to make it clean, make it clear. Our giving doesn't benefit God, that's his way of us being blessed. God instituted giving so we can be blessed. So we might think that we're doing something and I'm not telling you that God don't appreciate you giving. But what I'm saying is God owns everything and God don't need anything from any one of us. The Bible says he's self-sufficient. He's the self-sustaining God. So really, he doesn't need anything from us. So whatever we do for when we talking about giving any amount that we give, God is really saying, I'm glad you're being obedient. And it tells me where your heart is. But I don't need it. You're not given so I can keep being God. You're not given so I can be strong. You're not given so I have a house to live in. Come on, somebody, help me this morning. We're not giving God our money so God can be okay. And if we didn't give, God will be a God on the street. We are given because it benefits us and it continues to advance the kingdom of God in the earth. But God's kingdom will be advanced no matter what because he's almighty God. He's omnipotent and he will advance his kingdom no matter what. But it really do bless us when we give. But the point is we have to find ways to show God our appreciation to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Romans 6 and 12 says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of the righteousness unto God. Church, God asking us to present ourselves, our bodies, ourself as a living sacrifice. Part of what this fast was about was us giving ourselves to God. Because most of the times we we do what we want with ourselves. I'm going to eat me a nice steak today. I'm going to get some ice cream. I'm going to get my coffee. I'm going to get... And so we do all these things that we enjoy. And so we feed this body and we make it our stuff going on over here. And what we have done this week is saying, God, we are giving ourselves to you. We are presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice holy because when you take away food from the body it stopped craving lustful under un- 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 unrighteous ungodly stuff it stopped craving that the mind even can get a thought of unrighteousness and the flesh say i can't do that I told brother, I asked her this morning, I said, yo, dude, I'm here doing the will of God as best as I can, but I feel like I'm curled up in a corner someplace because no matter what the mind says, the only thing I can get through to you right now are spiritual things. This flesh has no power right now. It can do nothing. And no matter what the thoughts in um, in my mind, which I rebuke, but if they're ungodly, but no matter what the thoughts that come into my mind come and says, um, I just laugh right now. Right now I laugh at ungodly thoughts because the flesh can't carry it out. Go watch a movie that you shouldn't watch. Flesh can carry it out. <laughs> Lord help us. We are to present our bodies, living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. It is our reasonable service unto him. That's what the Bible says. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. So, do God care about your body? <laughs> I'll let you answer that one. Let me move on to our. Our our main text here. The main text, verse 2 started by saying, be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. I'm getting ready to say something that you may not have known, but you know now. In this world, somebody say "In in this world, people don't change, they conform. In this world, people don't change, they conform. In this world, people don't change, they conform. This world cannot facilitate change. This world can only facilitate conformity. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to turn it around. I'm going to, yeah, I was a drunk and I started going to AA. Everything we do in this world, conformity not change take that to the scholars take that to the brightest of the minds tell them the word of god says so because you probably didn't see it this way the way i saw it i told you i read this text many many times over and over and i really didn't see it like that he says be not conformed to this world what he's saying is this world conforms you verse two that's look at it clearly and be not conformed to this world Why did he say, and be not changed to this world? Why didn't he use that word? Why didn't he use, and be not changed unto this world? Why? Because the world can't change you. The world only can conform you. So whatever you do as you live in this world, you only conform to a behavior. You only conform to something because the world can't change you. You will not change. You can adjust your behavior, but that's not change. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost now. Let me tell you a little bit about conformity. Conformity is the act of modifying your behavior in order to fit in or go along with people around you. In some cases, this social influence might involve agreeing with or acting like the majority of people in a specific group. Or it might involve behaving in a particular way. In order to perceive or to be perceived as normal by the group. Conformity is something that happens regularly in our social worlds. Sometimes we are aware of our behavior, but in many cases it happens without much thought or awareness on our part. In some cases, we go along with the things that we disagree with or behave in ways that we know we should not. Some of the best-known experiments on the psychology of conformity deal with people going along with the group even when they know the group is wrong. That's conformity. Conformity is commonplace. Because people desire to be viewed favorably and be accepted by others. Therefore, conformity often requires no overt pressure. It's not peer pressure. They don't don't put pressure on you. They just do what they do. And since they're around you, you feel like you got to do what they do too. Most people naturally adopt behaviors, beliefs, and appearances that are similar to those of peer groups around them. Conformity. Somebody understands that the world can only conform you. The world cannot change you. So if you live in this world. And you're not a child of God. You're not a Christian. You are only going to ever be conformed. You can never be changed. What you're asking for as a person in the world is not change. It's conformity because that's all they can offer you. So as you live your life in this world, you can conform to all the different things in this world. But you'll never be changed. If you're an alcoholic. This is why they tell you if you're an alcoholic, alcoholic, you will always be an alcoholic. That's what they say in the world when you go through AA. They say you will always be in the status of recovering. That ain't change. Hmm. I'm telling you this is a revelation for me too. World can't change you. So if you stay in the world, you will never come to no change. If you stay in the world and never live for God, you will never come to know change. You will always know conformity. You will always do the same things over and over again in a different way. Because all you can do is conform. You can't be changed. Remember I told you? Ooh, this is good. Remember I told you that sometimes I stand and I say, who's that dude? Think about that. When I say to myself that I know myself, I grew up with myself. Fifty four years. Right. So I know myself. And some days I'm saying, who are you? You telling me I got to fast? Sometimes I feel like I have to have that conversation with self. You know why? Because that person that I knew was changed. That person was changed. And so that's what I'm dealing with. Why sometimes I'm trying to figure out what's going on, because I'm no longer the person that I knew. And every once in a while, I'm trying to figure out who is that person. It even goes to the point where, ever so often, I try to get in touch with stuff that I grew up with. I'm going somewhere with that. There are things that will remind you of when you were growing up, and nowadays, maybe it's a little bit of age, but it's not all age. That when you when I come you know, in contact with things that remind me of what I, when I was growing up, I kind of pay some attention to it and smile because it reminds me of that old person that I don't know anymore. Because I still want to know, this is me and God, maybe I'm talking about me and God conversation with y'all today, because I still want to know God, who was that person? That person you changed when he became born again. Who was that person? He used to like to do this and all that. Who was that person? Because this person ain't that person. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Be not conformed to this world. This world only can conform you, it cannot change you. If you need real change in your life, you're going to have to go to God. You cannot get real change in your life by staying in the world, by going to see psychologists, by going to see a psychiatrist or a therapist. They can help you cope, but they can't change you. They will help you cope, but they can't change you. You cannot be changed by anything in this world. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world. The word conform in this verse means to mold one thing into the shape of another. So the world is molding us into the shape of what it wants. Sister Kitty approached me this morning and she said to me, my son did the fast. He did one meal a day. And I said, man, I'm proud of him. And we're talking about it. Then he started talking to her about college. He's in college. And, you know, when you're in college, you go back and forth about finishing and you get the challenges and all that stuff. And he was saying, man, this college stuff is kind of bogus. It's like a trick. And and it's like a system. And all of us can probably smile and say, "Eh, that's probably right. Because what they have set it up to be is to say. According to this world, here's how you're going to be successful. They conform all of us into that. I am not knocking our system. I'm just showing you how conformity works. That they have developed a system in our world to say, if you're going to be accomplished, if you're going to live above poverty level, this is what you must do. You must conform your life this way, and you will live above poverty, and we will be there to support you in that. That's what college is. We still need to go there. We still need to get educated. So don't get it twisted. I am not against education. I am not against college. We need to be educated. We need to be able to know and learn things. But I'm just showing you that the world only can provide conformity to us. That's all it can provide. It cannot provide anything else for you. So your life doesn't really change in the world. It just continues to evolve, to conform to whatever the world is doing. Mm -hmm. Conformity, it refers to things that are temporary and unstable. Conformity, this word could not be used of inward change, merely outward change. So when you conform, it's not internal, it's external. (laughs) The world can't transform or change you. It can only conform you. That's why the world is full of self-proclaimed individuals that are identical in the way they think and act and so afraid to be the least bit different. The world is so afraid. of They want everybody to kind of do the same thing and afraid of us being different. So church, let me share this with you. If you stay in the world, You're really not living according to your true identity and who you are. If you stay in the world, you have not yet discovered your true identity. If you stay in the world, you have not discovered your true identity because all your life you have been trained or have been trained to conform to something. And so the question today as we arrive at this point to say, who am I? Have I just been conformed to what people want me to be. You know, my parents shaped me. The people around me shaped me. The world shaped me. And now I'm here. Who am I? Am I the real me? Or did I just conform to some behaviors I was taught? Are you the real you? Who are you? Are we walking around just a bunch of conformed zombies? And we just feel like, okay, this is good because most of the people around us, they look like this. Most of the people around us, they act like this. So this is good. I'm good. So you think that you're walking in your purpose. You think that you are, you know, who you're supposed to be and not realizing all your life. Conformity. Because the people that raised most of us, except if they were Christians, who were truly changed. Those people that raised us were only raising us. In the way the world is teaching. So if we weren't raised by bona fide Christians, our life has been conformed to this world system and behaviors. And we have not discovered the true meaning of who we are. The world can't change you. It can only conform you. That's why the world is full of self-proclaimed individuals. Identical in everywhere. Yep, we just different shapes. But identical. And as soon as somebody dare to be different, that's how we started cancer culture, I think. You going to be different? Oh, you out of here. We're not messing with you. Because you better conform to what we're doing. As soon as you get out of line, we got a problem with you. Hmm. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world. But God always give you two sides of the coin. We can't escape. God will always tell you what this way will lead you to and what that way will lead you to. God never leads you to a place where you can't go to the next place. He says, here is what this will do to you, but here's what this will do to you. He says, but be ye transformed or changed by the renewing of your mind. He says, you can conform or you can be changed. You can do like they do out in the world or you can change. You can live how they live out in the world being conformed or you can be changed. He says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transformed in this verse means to undergo complete change, a metamorphosis. It refers to a process of the spirit that results in permanent change to the character and conduct of a man or woman. That's change. This word is not used of mere outward change, but of real inward change that shows itself on the outside as well as on the inside. We're changed from the inside out. And when God changed you on the inside, it eventually flows on the outside. You're a lie that you change and we can't see no change on the outside as well. It starts on the inside, so change will take place, and we won't always know it on the outside right away because change is starting on the inside. But eventually, as God continues to change you, we will see that you've been changed by what we see on the outside as well. This is why I said true change is only done by God. So when you start to tell people, well, this ain't necessary and that ain't important, now we know today, guess what? They probably conformed to Christianity. There's a lot of people that have conformed to Christianity. They never really got changed. They walked into the door. They heard preacher preach that you need to repent of your sins. They said, Lord, forgive me of my sins. And then they heard the preacher says, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So they get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ then one day the power of god was moving and the spirit of god filled them the potential for them to be changed is dwelling in them but they never allowed the potential that is in them to transform them and so many christians they talk in tongues they baptized in jesus name they even looked the part in how they dress but they only are still living a conformed life not a transformed life not a changed life not a life that is impacted by the spirit of god where you're not living the according to your own will we are just living a conformed life and so today i challenge you to say are you living a conformed christian life are you living a true righteous holy transformed life by the power of the spirit of god for all of us to look into that because I don't care how long you've been in church. Uh, I don't care how long you've been serving God. I don't care how long you're on the praise and worship. Uh, I don't care how long you're on the prayer team. Uh, I don't care how long. We must be transformed to be really say we're Christian. Mark Morgan, I was listening to him the other day, and he said, prayer is not always what we claim it is. Because when you go to God praying for your praying what you want, and not what God wants, is that prayer? You just you just saying some words, but it ain't prayer, because you're going to God and and trying to get Him to do what you want. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Let me tell you. The word transform. It's so powerful. It talks about change, complete change. How does God transform you and I? He transformed us by the renewing of our mind, by changing the way we think. And only you can allow this. You cannot be transformed if you don't allow God to transform you. What do you mean by that, preacher? The first thing the scripture tells us is to place ourselves up on the altar. When you talk about a sacrifice, go back to the Old Testament. A sacrifice goes on the altar. And so when a sacrifice goes on the altar, it is killed. It dies. So what this, what this means is when Paul says we present our body a living sacrifice, it means we go on God's altar and we die to self. Amen. That's hard preaching. Uh, in this day and age, that's hard preaching. Don't, nobody want to hear that stuff. They're like, man, you crazy. That ain't what God wants. God is good. Y'all still back at mercy. Uh, God is merciful. And so we put everything on that. I don't, I don't know about all that because God is merciful we got to study God and learn God, understand his ways. And so altar is a place we go to die. Death to us is not you know, putting a knife through us. Death to us is repentance. Denying ourselves, exiting out ourselves and say, not me, but you. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter what I think. I am going to follow you. stuff in this in, in this climate in this day and age sounds strange because we are such in the place where we just we get it our way we we we, we do the burger king way all day every day we, we get it our way that's just kind of how we live in this day and so you hear the preacher preach the word of god like this and you're like man there must be a new way to live for god that can't be it or you don't say new way because you don't want to feel like you offending God. He so said, ah, they got We might be misinterpreting the scripture. That's the way we do it. Ah, we might, he, he might not be seeing the scripture right. Okay. This is what I know. How I'm seeing the scripture right. I say this time and time again, Sister Wood. This is how I know I'm saying the scripture right. I always go by this." I know in relationship, God says, love your neighbor as yourself. It always, that always means treat people the way you want to be treated. And if God is supposed to be this loving God, if God is supposed to be this kind God and this giving God, why would he want you to do something that's impossible or do something unrealistic or do something he never did? That's how you got to start looking at the scriptures. So if God is asking you to do something, I want you to always ask yourself this. Whatever I'm saying to you, ask yourself this. When Jesus walked the earth, did he do that? Since you, if you want to challenge to see if what I'm saying is really legit, I want you now when you read the scripture to see if Jesus did what I am telling you the word says or he didn't. Because all it comes down to is, he's saying, I came to show you how to live. I came to show you how to get to heaven. There's only one person in heaven. Our loved ones are not in heaven. They're in the presence of the Lord if they were living for God, but they're not in heaven. There's only one in heaven. The day will come when we all will get there. The Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise, and then we which are alive and remain shall be trained, and then we will meet him in the air. So then we all, I love that about God. Because you know what that means to me, Sister Wood? It means he didn't let you get there before me. He didn't let let your great-grandmom get there before you. He said, no, heaven is so great. I want you all to get there at the same time. Nobody can tell you what heaven is like. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Y'all don't want to mess with me today because the word is flowing. Nobody will be able to tell you. So all the people that tell you they had a vision or something, maybe they could, but they weren't near because God will not allow anybody to get there before the next. He is a just God. He's a faithful God. And he does things decent and an order all the time, every time. We will all get to heaven at the same time. So. When you hear me say something that sounds unrealistic for humans, just know Jesus Christ came and lived that life. And so if he came and lived that life and then ascended to heaven, that means the only way we're going to get to heaven is by following somebody that got to heaven. You probably missed that. You probably missed that. I told you last week, nobody can take you to any place they have never been. So who's going to take you to heaven? If nobody's ever taken you any place they've never been, they can't do it. Who is going to take you to heaven? Exactly. So we got to follow him. So what did he do? Remember he was in the garden? Father, if this cup can pass from me, I know I'm getting ready to be crucified. But if this cup can pass and something else can be done, let it be done. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will. That's what he prayed. And then guess what? He was crucified. So we think we're going to have it easy. So we think we're just going to have better roses, huh? It's just going to be all great. Oh, preacher, you don't understand. His grace and his mercy is so good, we won't have to go through that. To change your life, you're going to have to change the way you think, and only the Almighty God can do that for you. I used to think a certain way, but now I think so differently. Now, I can't allow unrighteous thinking to reign over me. Do I get unrighteous thoughts? Yes, but I'm able to combat those thoughts with the righteous thoughts of God because that's. What's going on in my mind? A transformed mind is different. They perceive things differently. Behind everything you do is a thought. Every behavior is motivated by a belief. And every action is prompted by an attitude. Your attitude is positioned for what you're getting ready to do. This is why the preacher sometimes knows what's going on and he won't tell you nothing because all he can do is pray because you know when people position themselves to do something that is not good for them he can't stop them only god can so all the preacher can do is pray god be merciful to them god help them because the direction that they're getting ready to go in is not good for them and the preachers normally see it in your position because that's just how it works. Repentance is what needs to be done so we don't have that old way of conformity. Whenever you change the way you think by adopting the thoughts of God, you're heading in the right direction. And we must repent in order to get the mind of Christ working in us. Repentance involves changing your motive from a self-centeredness to a Christ-centeredness. Whenever your thoughts or your imaginations are selfish, please understand they're not from God. Man, that's just, Rosalie, that's just a little nugget right there that if you can't get nothing else, just take that one and run with it. That every time you come up with a thought that you want to put into action eventually, ask yourself, is that selfish or that's not selfish? And selfish means, is it only serving my purpose? You can be doing something good and still be selfish because if it's only serving your purpose, it's selfish. God, I want a million dollars because I want to pay off my bills. Um, I want a nicer car. Um, I want to be able to pay landscapers to take care of my big estate all the time and I don't have to do nothing. I want to hire a maid and all that stuff. That's what you want a million dollars for. And God says, selfish not giving you that now will a million dollars make you live comfortably sure it would but if that's what you wanted for that's selfish you see what i mean that's what i mean by you can be asking for something that seems good but if it's only taking care of you that's selfish lord i need a million dollars yeah i can pay off some bills but you know what i want to start an orphanage but we don't want to do nothing that consists of work no nah. We don't want to do nothing like that. Lord, if you will supply some money so we can start a halfway house. Nah, because that take work. And so now you will see probably how clearly we have been a whole lot selfish. Because we never ask for anything to think big and make it be outside of us. Everything we think about a lot of times is about us. That could probably be because there's conformity operating in our life. And we want to be like everybody else. And so we're asking God to give us stuff so we can conform to that life that everybody else has. Mm. Mm. Sometimes we can experience, we can have an experience with God or encounter the power of God in our lives. And we say, Lord, change me. Lord, I want to be different. And we can experience that. And. When we start to evaluate, we realize we're asking God to change us for selfish reasons. I'm not going to read the text in this service, but I'll tell you about the text. In Acts chapter 8, 12 through 21, Simon, the sorcerer, he wanted to receive the power of the Holy Ghost, but his motive was wrong. His motive was corrupt. He said, give me that power that you got. He even went and got baptized, Brother uh, Sharp. Simon got baptized. This is why sometimes we we say to ourselves, they got baptized. Why are they not around anymore? Because their baptism was for something else. Their baptism probably meant they were in trouble. They were in a bad type situation, and in their minds, I need to get baptized because maybe this is going to change something for me. But their motive was never right. They didn't get baptized because they wanted to know Jesus, and they wanted to live for Jesus, and they wanted to just have a life that is holy and righteous, that can be used by God to be impacted by us. That's not what they wanted. They wanted to be free from a situation, so they got baptized. That's still going on today. People are still getting baptized so they can be free from a situation. People are still getting baptized because they think that they're going to go to heaven. God set this thing up that baptism alone won't get you to heaven. You've got to live for God to get to heaven. You gotta live for God to get to heaven. You gotta be holy to get to heaven. You gotta be righteous to get to heaven. You gotta be transformed to get to heaven. You can't just get to heaven by just being baptized. And trust me, the Apostolic Church, baptism is significant. You can't get there without it. Being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost is significant. You can't get there without it. But there are many that have gone through that process. And they have gone through it selfishly. So my question to you today, what are you living for God for? Why are you in church? Why did you come today? Uh, What is your motive? What is your motive? Are you just trying to conform? In case you don't know about God. The Bible says God knows every hair on our head by number. The Bible says only God knows the heart. You don't even know your heart. The devil don't know your heart and God and and you don't know your heart. Only God knows your heart. So why am I telling you that? You can't trick him. You can't conform just so we can see. But really in your heart, you're not legit. You can't trick God. So it doesn't even make sense. This is why I've told you over and over, all have sinned and come short of the glory. Once I realized that, I'm not fronting for nobody. I'm not putting on for nobody. I'm not trying to act like I'm something that I'm not because all of us have sinned. I'm not trying to impress you. I'm trying to impress God. And so I'm not worried about how I'm going to look as God is changing my life, how I'm going to look in serving God because that's the who I'm trying to live for and trying to say, yeah, God, I want to please you. God knows your heart. He knows where you are. And it's kind of idiotic if we just sit around and act like we're good when we're not. Forget about those people when you start crying and bawling and run to the altar. Forget about what anybody will say. You're trying to be transformed. You're trying to be changed. And they can't change you. Only God can change you. What are you worried about what they think for? If you're worried about what they think, you still have not been changed. You have conformed. And conformity says, I need to do what the group that I'm around does. Right? And, you know, in churches, in case you don't know, churches have groups and cliques. And if you move with a group that are intellectual, then you just do what that group does. If you move with a group that is spiritual and like to praise God, then you do the same thing, right? So when that group start praising, you start praising with them. But if you intellectual, when that group sit back and be intellectual, you just intellectual right there with them. So we all. So the question is, are you conforming? This is this is some heavy stuff, and I'm telling you, I'm walking in the Holy Ghost. So again, the dude that's preaching, I don't even know him because I'm not sh- smart enough to come up with all this stuff. God is speaking to us. God is speaking to us and telling us you can't trick him. You can't deceive him. And if you're not transformed, you need to get transformed. And if you have been transformed one time and that's all it's been, you got to keep getting transformed. I want to be changed. I want to be changed. You want to be changed? Change can only come when we submit our whole life to the Lord Jesus Christ, we have to submit our body, our soul, our spirit to God. When the Lord changes us, it's from the inside out. He starts changing the inside, and he changed eventually on the outside as well because change from the inside got to come out. it says: I got to praise and I got to get it out. I got to praise. I I got to praise. I got to praise and I got to get it out. I got to pray. This is why when we have old church, you just start hearing, you know, old mom in the back just start shouting because something is bubbling up in her spirit and she sat there for a little bit trying to maintain and eventually she got to get up and says, Mama Alice, Hallelujah! Because something is bubbling up and she can't just contain it and she can't just squash it down. She got to let the Holy Ghost do what he does. That's what happens when change is in your life. You don't, Have a choice how to react. You just got to let the Holy Ghost work in your life. Galatians 4 and 19 says, My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Change is ongoing. It's continual. Christ is being formed in you as you're being changed. That's what's going on. It is God's will that you be changed and become like Jesus Christ. And so that is not just a one-time boom, hit me. When you're born again of the Word and of the Spirit and that initial change takes place, you have to keep on living for God so that change to become like Jesus will eventually get there, but it's not there yet, and that's why we have to submit ourselves to God continuously and allow him to take his way have his way in our life so change can take place. Paul wrote in the ephesians to the ephesians in ephesians four and twenty two he says that ye put off concerning the former conversations or conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Only change can make those things possible. And so we have fasted and we are at this place today. So let me help you understand this. Where are you right now? Where are we as the church? What we're doing? We had given our body as a living sacrifice to the Lord for seven days. It means we had died. We had placed ourselves on the altar. So we have done verse number one in uh, what we just read. First Corinthians 12. We did verse number one. Can you give give, give me that again? Verse number one. Um, the the, the Romans, I'm sorry, Romans 12, one, we had done this. I beseech you brethren by the mercies of God, present your bodies. We are living. We're not dead, right? So we're living, but we have given ourselves as living sacrifice. And if you were abstaining from anything worldly and everything that I told you to do, consecrating, then guess what? You were holy in your thoughts. Because you read and you listened to preaching and you prayed and all that stuff. So that made you holy and acceptable unto God. And this that we have done, it was a reasonable thing. It ain't coincidence that God gave me this thought to preach on this morning. That's reasonable. We have done our part. We have done what Paul had commanded that we do. And so here we are today. But what God wants us to experience before we leave, verse 2. What God wants us to experience before we leave is transformation, change. So sacrifice don't change you. Presenting your body a living sacrifice don't change you. Because the only change you can experience is by the Holy Ghost. It's only the power of God that can change you. So we can do the sacrificing part. We can give ourselves to God. We can surrender. We can make ourselves holy by adopting his principles. But now, in order to experience change, we now must give ourselves to God and say, God, change me. We can only be changed by God. So we're at the place today where we can say, God changed me and let him change us today. Or we can just, you know, maybe we just conform to all the stuff we just did. Listen, the Holy Ghost is the transformer. Somebody say the Holy Ghost is the transformer. The Holy Ghost is the change agent. People talk about change all the time. And they can do nothing about it because only God changes. The Holy Ghost is the change agent. The Holy Ghost is the transformer. Only God changes, not man. We cannot change ourselves. Everything we attempt to do to change ourselves is conformity for only the power of the Holy Ghost can change us, church. Titus 3 and 5 says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Clearly. Only the Holy Ghost can regenerate you. As a matter of fact, if the, the Holy Ghost is what brings salvation into your life, the power of God. Yes, we must follow. Uh, what he tells us to do—that is, repent and be baptized—but the change don't come until the Holy Ghost begins to work in you. That's when the real change come. We can conform to behaviors, we can conform to how we do things, but the real change doesn't take place until the Holy Ghost begins to move. And let me say this before you—we all just breathe, breathe a sigh of relief and say, "Well, I got the Holy Ghost, so that means I'm changed." You can have the Holy Ghost, but you don't let the Holy Ghost have you. I've said that many times. You can have the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost cannot have you. So walking around with the Spirit dwelling in you, but you doing whatever you want, it means you have the Holy Ghost walking around with him, but he's not having access to do what he needs to do. So having the Holy Ghost don't mean you are changed. Having the Holy Ghost means you have the potential to be changed. When you allow him to have you, then you can be changed. Just like this week when i made up in my mind, I am not touching a lick of food. It will not even come clear to me, come close to me. My wife tried to send me to the supermarket. I said, no. The kids was doing the one meal. She tried to get me to go buy them something. I said, no. She said, what do you think? I ain't fasting too. That was funny, Nicole. (laughs) She said, said, (laughs) I couldn't even laugh. That was (laughs) Thursday. I couldn't even laugh. The kids wanted to get their meal, and she said, "They said I need something to eat." And she said, "Is your dad in the car with you?" She said, "They said yes." Like, well, he can go to Popeyes too and get some food. I'm fasting too. That was funny. I could, I didn't have the strength to laugh. That's why I didn't laugh out loud. (laughs) Oh man, she said, she he acted like I'm not fasting too. I don't want to go in Popeyes either. And so yesterday I went to the supermarket to go get stuff because I knew we were going to start eating again. Because, you know, when you're fasting, you, fast, you kind of just let the refrigerator lapse and nothing go in it. Because you don't want to be tempted out have nothing. And so I went to the supermarket yesterday and I was out of control. I knew it. That's why I didn't want to go anywhere close. I went to shop right just to pick up. I went to go pick up. I went to go pick up milk. Three things of ice cream. Nicole, a man. Why we got to get three gallons of ice cream? I said, because I went to shop right I wasn't supposed to go there because when you're hungry and you see stuff that you like, you're just going to be picking stuff up. I knew why I wasn't going to the supermarket. I knew why I stayed away. That's why I told y'all consecration. Y'all think the preacher's something wrong with me. When I say consecration, I know what I'm talking about. We need to stay away from stuff because if we get close to we're going to indulge. That's why I say consecrate yourself. There are things we like on TikTok and YouTube that if we just look at it a little bit, guess what? We just start indulging. That's why I said consecration, so your mind can stay on Christ. Y'all must think I'm some crazy dude all the time because I'm telling y'all stuff and y'all not listening. Y'all think I'm just saying stuff for my health, like, like I'm not human. Y'all doing me like the church did me back in the day. Stop doing me like my old church did me. They thought I was a machine and not human. I'm human like you. I bleed like you, I hurt like you, I'm challenged like you, I'm hungry like you, I'm like you. So when I tell you something, please look at it from the human standpoint, like, yeah, he probably know all about this because he probably do and probably have the same kind of situation. Don't like, like, I'm, I'm like, the stuff that I'm telling you, I'm, I'm exempt from it. Like, yeah, he can say that because he exempt. I'm not exempt. I don't have something different going on, and y'all got something different going on. We all got the same thing going on. Woo. All right. I'm finished because, no. It takes everything now to speak. (laughs) Christianity needs to reign in our soul and in our mind as humans which will then be expressed in our deeds, our actions, and also in our appearance. We are transformed, changed. Our mind has to change when we're transformed. Our views have to change when we're transformed. And our feelings change when we're transformed. Yeah, the devil couldn't send some feelings from the past to make you feel something different. But your feeling predominantly is things about what you have practiced now that you've been transformed in God and you feel differently about certain things. And so finally, why did God tell Paul to tell us we should not conform to this world, but we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind? Why did God tell Paul to tell us that? God Told Paul to tell us that, and Paul wrote all of that because of verse 2, the second part of verse 2 in Romans 12 and 2. Working Sister Patrice, but she's working good today. She's doing good. Since she got a lot to do, she can be focused. You don't realize when you do a lot, you stay focused. When you do very little, you're not focused. I'm just telling y'all, how I work. If you you come to church sparingly, it's hard to stay focused on coming to church all the time because you just do it sparingly. If you read your Bible sparingly, it's hard to focus. focus, But if you get all into the routine and you're doing it, man, it's hard to miss it because you do it so much. So we need to be transformed, right? It says be not conformed to this world, right? We did all the things we said in verse 1, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And here is the final part of what I'm trying to get you to understand today. God wants you to know his will so you can do his will. Every one of us in here today, God created us with a purpose in mind. And God has you to be a part of what he's doing in this earth. And he is saying, now that you will give your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, guess what? I am now going to transform you. And as I transform you, you're going to learn what my will is for you. All of your will, all of my will for you all will come together for my purpose. But when you are transformed by my spirit, then I will show you what my will is for your life. A lot of people are still searching for God's will for their life because they have not yet been transformed. Have not yet been transformed, you don't know the will of God. And that's why maybe you don't come to church as much, or maybe you don't participate in stuff as much, because you have not yet been transformed. Because only when you're transformed, you know the will of God. Whew. I haven't said one thing here today that's unbiblical or unscriptural. And if you think I did, come talk to me at the church, because I think I said it in the book today. Because we have a thing that when we get challenged like this, We have a thing that turns off in our mind, like, I don't know about that. We turn things off that challenge us too hard when we are not ready to do it. When we're not ready to do it, we turn it off. And so what I say, the best way to turn it off is say, I don't know if that's really all what it's saying. But it's okay. Transformation, change, is so we can do the will of God. That we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Which means if we're not changed, we will not know the will of God. Church, it's time to submit our life to the Lord Jesus like we have never done. That we may be changed and that we can know what is perfect and acceptable and good will is. God wants to change our thinking. God wants to change the way we act. He wants to change our perspective on things. He can only do that when we present ourselves to him. When we lay ourselves upon his altar as a sacrifice. And we repent and say, God, I've been living the way I want to live. The altar is for dying. That's what repentance is. Dying to self will allow us to know God's will. Finally stand with me finally here's this scariest thing i probably say all day and the word of god is not here to scare you the word of god is here to make you know what you can have when god told adam and eve not to eat of the one uh tree in the midst of the garden he wasn't trying to scare them because he told them all the other ones they can eat from So all that I'm telling you today, I'm telling you not to scare you or to, you know, whatever you may think to get you to do something. But I'm trying to tell you so you can experience God's perfect will for your life. That's why I'm telling you that. So you can experience God's perfect will for your life. You want to experience God's perfect will while you're here on earth. And you want to experience God's perfect will when you move into your transition into eternal life. Because we're not going to die. Our physical flesh die, but our soul will never die. So after we are done here, we transition to everlasting life. And that everlasting life is either in the presence of God in heaven, or it's going to be in torment for eternity. That's what we transition to when we're done here. So I made the statement. If we will not let the Lord Jesus Christ change us now, we will not be changed later. If we will not let the Lord Jesus change us now, we will not be changed later. And if we are not changed later, we will not make the flight to heaven. How can you say that, preacher? Sister Patrice, give me another scripture. 1 Corinthians fifteen, fifty-one. Behold, I show you a mystery. Y'all think we ought to read that at funerals? We shall not all be sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So I just told you we're all going to heaven together. Didn't I tell you that? I ain't never left the book today. I just told you nobody's in heaven. When the trumpet sound, those that died in Christ, didn't it say the dead in Christ? They will raise incorruptible, and we which are alive will be changed incorruptible. Then we take the flight together. Then we all see heaven for the first time together. Man, God, I love this word. It's so powerful. It's so good. It's so good. You can't get around this word. So if we don't allow God to transform us and be changed, we cannot be changed to take the flight. You want to take the flight? You need to get changed. You need you you want to take the flight to heaven? You need to be changed. But God is not just giving away heaven. I ain't never said that before. I don't know where that God is not just giving away heaven. He is saying, I've got a work to do in the earth. I died for everybody. I didn't just die for you. I died for everybody. And so because you're saved, what? You're going to be selfish now and you're ready to go to heaven? Because you're saved? What about all the other ones that are not saved? I died for them too. So I'm not saving you so you can just go to heaven. I'm saving you so we can all work together to help save the others. And so we're here thinking it's all about us all the time. And God is saying, no, it's for all of us. This was a plan for the whole world and not just you and me. I don't know when we're going to get that. God's plan is not just for you and me. It's for the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He died for the world, not just you. So living to try to get to heaven on your own, that's bogus. We need to be transformed and let God do what he wants to do in our life because his purpose will always result in helping somebody to come to know him and that's what he's after but you and i don't really know how his purpose need to work until we get transformed and when we get transformed we learn how his purpose will work in our life and then together we can help others and then because we've been transformed change when the flight come to go to heaven we'll be changed one more time Woo. thank you jesus thank you jesus Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's go before the Lord today and worship him. Let's let the Lord do a work in you right now before we leave here. Transformation needs to take place before we leave. If we will be honest and go before the Lord today and say, God, yes, you have transformed me before and you have done some transforming, but I still need more transformation. I still need to be changed more, Lord Jesus, Oh, God, somebody ask God to change you some more. God, change me some more. Change me some more. Change me some more. Change me some more. Let your spirit work in me and change me some more, oh, God. Change me, Lord God, that I may know what is the perfect and acceptable and good will of God. Change me, oh, Mighty God change me. Oh God, I want to be changed! I want to be changed! I want to be changed! I want to be free from this world! I want to be free from ungodly thinking! I want to be free, Almighty God, From conformity of this world! I want to be changed! I want to be changed! I want you to be formed in me, Lord Jesus! I want Christ to be formed in me! I want Christ to be formed in me! me Lord. Change me Lord. Change us Lord God. Change us individually. Change us collectively oh God. Change us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody you need transformation today. Don't leave the same way you came in. Don't just let everything you hear go to naught. But let God change you. Let the Holy Ghost change you. Let the power of God work in you. Let the Holy Ghost have his way that you will not be the same again in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your wonderful change come upon us today, Lord God. Let your wonderful change come upon us today, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. We cannot be changed if you don't change us. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus. If you don't do it, oh, God, it cannot be done. If you don't do it, it cannot be done. In the name of Jesus, let a wonderful change take place today, Lord. Let a wonderful change take place today, Lord God. Only you can do it, Lord. Let a wonderful change take place in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus in the name of jesus let a wonderful change take place lord a wonderful change in the name of jesus by the power of your spirit lord a wonderful change a wonderful change a powerful change by your spirit lord let it be so let it be so let it be so a wonderful change a wonderful change a wonderful change according to your will for your purpose lord for your glory lord a wonderful change Hallelujah. A wonderful change, Lord. A wonderful change, sweet Jesus. Only you can change. Only you can make the difference, Lord God. And I touch and agree with her today. Oh God, and the things that she desires, Lord God. Oh, let your will be done. Let your will be done. Let your wonderful change come into her heart, into her mind, that she will never be the same
1: again. A wonderful change, a wonderful change, a wonderful change. Oh, let it take place, Lord. Let it take place, Lord. A wonderful change, a wonderful change, a wonderful change in the name of Jesus. hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wonderful change. Wonderful change. Wonderful change. Wonderful change.
2: Wonderful change. Wonderful change. Wonderful change. Wonderful change. Wonderful change. Wonderful change. Wonderful Let it take place, Lord God. Deep down within, Lord God. Wonderful change. Wonderful change. According to your will. By your spirit. Your spirit is powerful, Lord. By your spirit, wonderful change. In the name of Jesus, change, change, change. let the wellspring spring up, Lord, and let it do change, what only you can do. Change, 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 change. In the name of Jesus, change IJ, Lord God. Oh, God, let your will be done in IJ's life, Lord God. Raise him up as your prophet, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, raise him up to do great things in the kingdom. Change, Lord, change.
1: Woo. By the power of your
2: spirit, change, Lord, change, Lord. By the power of your spirit, by the power of your spirit, change,
1: change, change. Have your way, change, Lord Jesus, change, Lord Jesus,
2: change, nobody God. Whatever you have prepared for her, Lord God, let her experience it, Lord God. What you have prepared for her, let her experience it, Lord God. By the power of your spirit, the wonder working power of the Holy Ghost, Lord God. Whatever you have in store for her, let it be so, Lord God. You are the provider, you are the sustainer. Let the change take place a transformation, a metamorphosis, Lord God. Changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Give my Bible. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Jesus. We bless your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Thank you, Jesus.
1: Thank you, Jesus.
0: And we believe in today that to we be pray. Beef patties, watermelon on
2: sale. For those of you that were fasting, and you need a beef patty you need a watermelon after you, you know, we have watermelon. We need it. All of you all need to re- uh, respond to Sister Maria on text. You send the watermelon because Ethan started that stuff the other day. You didn't know that. So because you responded to Maria on our text the other day about watermelon, Maria sent the watermelon here. And so today, if you want watermelon, it's free. Get your beef patty. God bless you. I, I love this church. Y'all are
0: awesome. Let's lift our hands in the presence of the Lord and be Christ. And as Pastor instructed us, we'll be leaving and to go into Fort Tennis Court to pray on our church grounds. What God has given us to possess. In Jesus' name. Let's lift our hands and pray. God's blessings upon us. That He has blessed us with the Word of God. We're gonna just offer a sacrifice and saying, Thank you. Father, this time God we come to you. Thank you for today that you have blessed us with the Word of God. Well oh, God downloaded into our man of God that He will dispense and that we will receive what God had to give to us and that God the only way this word, which is good ground, can be nurtured unless it's left let on good soil. And that we allow good soil, that yet, let it germinate and let it yet transform us on a daily basis. That we will continue to eat and continue to feast upon this. That we may continue to be changed daily. That, God, we continue to repent of our sins. That we continue to allow the word of God to transform us. And let us that not be conformed to this world and the way this world it, it causes and it and it causes uh, to let us to be straight away from his word but help us to continue to walk in the path that he's given us and that god will continue to give you the praise that you will help us on this journey called life and that god will continue to perfect us replenish our pastor as he's given himself God to the things of God and for God to bless his people and that we pray that God as we leave not from your presence but from this place we pray that you will give us traveling mercies on our various destinations and even when we go to the church grounds believing that God has given us the promise unto us we thank you in this name in his name we say in Jesus name thank you God for his goodness let's put our hands together okay yes we need need
1: some of us